Welcome to Victory Church Winchester, Virginia's weekly podcast. Our desire is that you will find Victory a place to call home. Please take a moment to subscribe and share. Here is this week's message from our Sunday morning worship experience. Man, oh, it is so good to be home and here and all this wonderful stuff. Some of you might be like, what do you mean home? Listen, I traveled for Thanksgiving and I don't, I tell Pastor Keith this sometimes, I don't attend your church, I'm in the gym hidden away, you know, because they try to squirrel me. No, I'm just kidding. I love it. I love being in there with your kids. Um, If you had told me five to six years ago that I would be doing kids ministry, I would have laughed at you. Flat out. I thought kids ministry, (laughs) there ain't no way. They're ankle biters. And some of you are like, yeah, that's that's a cute endearing term. No, some of them actually will bite your ankles. Um, and I'm tall, so like I have a long ways till they get to thigh biters. But that's beside the point. No, we, I love it. It is an unkept secret in the church for how much fun you can have in kids' ministry. And if you're looking for some fun once a month, you, I mean, we have a really great pastor. But if you'd like to have some fun, get involved, jump in. We are always looking for people to come help. So it might be helping with a game. It might be helping with throwing a ball. It might be just high-fiving kids. Can I tell you that a high five and a fist bump go a long, long, long way with kids? It is simple. Serving Jesus and having fun is not difficult. It's just something that we must be a part of. And there are so many areas that you could serve and be a part of. Now that my commercial's over, let's get into the service. So if you heard when I handed that box off, I said something that may have offended a few of you. I said, I hate Christmas. This is why I hate Christmas. And I had people, I had, we had a, a Christmas party with our, our Connect group, and uh, we were talking, and I said, here's a secret. I don't like Christmas. And some of you here today are like, that's not true, Pastor Pete. You've got a Christmas t-shirt on right now with a sweater. If you look at my sweater, it has my opinion about Christmas. Bahamba. Why, why would you not like Christmas, Pastor Pete? There's all the joy and all the fun and family coming together and the presents and the food and the cookies. Dear God, the cookies. But here's the problem. How many of you realize that that doesn't just materialize? Okay? That doesn't just happen. These trees did not get put up. I mean, Pastor Dave built those, but then we just kind of set them in place. So those are easier ones. But they had to be decorated. Things had to be set out. We had to do preparation to make Christmas happen, right? And how many of you go to more than one Christmas production party or store a year? Yeah, you all are the problem, okay? Because when they're sitting there, and this is the phrase I always hear. You ready? But it's Christmas. It's not magic words. They're not the words that set us up for success sometimes. I'm going to share with you real quick. This is my parents. uh, My favorite gift that I ever received. You ready? Was a Game Boy. And I don't mean Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy 3DS, Game Boy 4D Chess. I mean the Game Boy with the green screen, okay, that you couldn't play at night. 
parents are so much smarter. Yeah, we'll give you the game system you can't play in the dark and then turn off all the lights and then you're stuck. We didn't need timers. We didn't need, and the batteries lasted 25 minutes. That was our timer. I'm here to tell you, I had a case that I could carry it on my belt. It looked like I was packing heat for, as a police officer with this huge thing on my hip. And, and in the case, there was spot for two games. Why two extra games? I don't know. I was smart. I kept one in the thing. Okay. But here's the funny part. You ready? It had space for extra batteries in the bottom. That's how little the battery life was. They're like, if you're going to walk around for 20 minutes, you need an extra set of batteries for this. But it's the greatest gift I ever got at Christmas. And it's so funny because it's one of the ones that gave me the most stress. Okay? Here's why. It was Christmas Eve. And uh, I was 11 years old. And my friends were all playing soccer. They knocked on the door. It was early Christmas Eve. Warm, sunny day. And so I went to go play soccer with them. We're having fun. We're enjoying ourselves. And my dad comes down the street. And he's like, hey, come here. I said, what's up? He goes, we've made a change of plans. We've decided to go see your grandparents at Christmas. So we need to get ready and go. Now, some of you might be like, oh, that's, that's kind of nice. That's no big deal. So we were living in Dale City at the time. My family and grandparents all live in New Hampshire. Yeah, okay, good. That's not what they thought. They were like, it's going to be great. And we were so prepared that after 14 and a half hours, which it's not supposed to take that long, Jersey Turnpike, I'm pretty sure, is near the seventh circle of hell. (laughs) Just saying. We stopped, built a home, had lunch, made small communities, drafted documents, and then got to move six inches. But we get there, finally, it's three in the morning Christmas Day. We left at 11 a.m. It was awful. And in our car, our vehicle, we had a minivan. We had a cool minivan, okay? My minivan was super cool. It had a, pl- a spot where I could plug in headphones in the back and listen to what was on all the speakers going on in the car. Why is that a thing? But we had a bench seat and then another bench seat. So it was the two bench seats. We didn't have the captain's chairs that you could recline and kind of relax. And it wasn't a nice one. We, if you're under the age of 20, we didn't have TVs in there. We didn't have screens that fold out. My parents had a phone. It was a bag phone that had to be plugged into the cigarette lighter. And I'm sitting on the bench seat. Now, normally I got the bench seat because I was the oldest. So I got an area to myself. My two sisters who were small had the back seat and they, that way they could turn and kind of sleep. And then I was supposed to sleep. Now I've been this tall since eight years old. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't been. But when I lay down on the bench, I would lay down and my feet would dangle off the end of the bench, but I had my own spot. So I had the privilege, if you will, of that. But I couldn't do that this time because there was a giant box next to me. I mean, giant. I tried shoving it forward so that I could lay down like halfway between it, but I was okay with this box. Do you know why? Had my name on it. (laughs) Perfect. We get all the way up 
to my parents. I mean, I'm barely sleeping. This thing's got paper that's like got drool marks on it because I fell asleep for like five minutes. I am in rough, rough condition. And then we get up Christmas morning and my parents had the nerve to tell me they made a mistake and wrote my, my name on there, but it's actually a box for my cousin. See, some of you are laughing and some of you were my reaction. I'm sorry, what? What if he doesn't come? What if he doesn't show up? We're at my grandmother's house. This is ridiculous. We open all the gifts. And there's that one box just staring at me. I sat next to this stupid box. It made me miserable. I'm exhausted. And as an 11-year-old, that's not supposed to happen on Christmas morning. Because at this point, I'm a kid. Kids don't sleep in on Christmas, right? It's the one day they do not sleep in. They will come and jump on your bed, smack you in the face. Those are just my kids. Y'all, please help me. But we get up, we're exhausted, we're opening presents. Then my mom says that horrible phrase that nobody wants to hear on Christmas. Well, that's all the presents. Let's go eat breakfast. Sit down, eat my grandmother's French toast, which is the best French toast in the entire galaxy. But I'm not even happy about it. I'm miserable. Bah hub, hug bugging it. Just so y'all are aware, I even have socks right here that say Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Because that's how I feel about Christmas, okay? I wasn't going to wear my t-shirt that says that. This is live streamed. How are y'all doing, by the way? But my parents say, I tell you what, it doesn't look like your cousin Brent's going to make it. So uh, we're just, we made a decision to go ahead and give you this present. And they give me this big box. And I rip that paper. I'm not one of those people that's one piece. Or let's save the paper for something. You all need serious help if you're doing that. <laughs> I understand tissue paper. I get it. Because that's super expensive. But wrapping paper deserves to be ripped. So I rip it open. I peel back the tape of the box and I open it up. And do you know what I found? Another box. Pull the box out. I'm fired up though. I'm ready. I'm engaged. And I'm ripping. And I open it up. And there's another box. Now I'm a little annoyed thinking my parents are messing with me. And they just were like, we... Did you ever see the Winnie the Pooh thing where they gave him a present and he and Piglet, it's Piglet's rabbit's birthday. He un, opens it up and Pooh goes, oh, I thought you'd think it was so nice you wouldn't want to open it so I didn't put anything in there. It's where my headspace is at. Now I'm hyperventilating. This is a problem. I'm ripping open that paper and I open it up and I, what do you think was inside there? No, there were two. Now, there is a happy ending to this story. I opened it up, had a Game Boy, opened up the other one, it had two games, and then my dad goes, oh, we almost forgot. There's no batteries in it. <laughs> and I say, so you almost, that means you have batteries, right? He goes, oh, no. So I turned to my grandmother, 
my sweet, wonderful grandmother. And I said, Nana, do you have batteries for my Game Boy? And she said, no, why would I have that? I didn't even know you all were coming here. So I would love to tell you that I opened up my present and began to enjoy it right then and there. And I was thankful for my Game Boy. And to be honest, I saw it yesterday in my house. I still have it. It's in like mint condition. I almost brought it in. I decided not to in case some of y'all were like, you know, Christmas picking. Um, But no. I just want you to know that Christmas was crazy for me. And then I did something no human should ever do in the world. Are you ready for this? I worked retail for 16 years. If you work retail at Christmas, Lord, give them a special blessing of patience and mercy. And you might be sitting there, they, they need it. Let me tell you what. And, and honestly, Christmas doesn't really bother me, bother me anymore, especially Black Friday shopping. I don't start twitching in my left hand like I used to. I used to have that problem where that would get, go- oh, sorry, and then my, my right leg would get going. What I think, of, no, it doesn't happen to me as much anymore, but no. I want to tell you today that as much as I'm making a joke about Christmas and all the hoopla and all the things that we do, Christmas is still the most important season that we could enter in as Christians because with Easter, they give us like one or two days, but I want to tell you with Christmas, they give us months. And the world's tried to hijack it. They try to add other things into it. I was telling my wife the other day, I said, you know what's funny? Is they have to, they almost all say happy holidays rather than Merry Christmas. So they don't offend people. And and hear me on this. I'm not trying to poke or prod, but as Christians, we should say Merry Christmas. We should be going after people. We should be trying to keep the Christ in Christmas. There's a slew of people. I'm not the first one to hate Christmas like that. There were others before me. And if you've watched any Christmas movie, it all starts out that way. You have the Grinch who hates Christmas. But he really hates being alone. You have... Scrooge, who tries to make it like he does it to save money, but if he was a really good businessman, that dude would have been selling trees and wreaths and Christmas gooses to everybody. Turns out he is just consumed by the wrong thing. And I will tell you, the staff joke of me all the time, Pastor Pete, we don't care that you hate Christmas, you're going to enjoy it with us. Y'all, I'm just letting you know, at Thanksgiving, I went to the Inn at Christmas place in Pigeon Forge. I went to a Christmas hotel. I am done right here with Christmas. Okay? I love you all very much. But I'm also not the first one. And I'm not here to steal your joy. I'm not trying to take your Christmas. I want you to know that we have to remember, are you ready? That wonderful phrase, the reason for the season. In uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 21, I love this one. This is our unsung hero of Christmas. You ready? This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. 
But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a powerful statement. But now I want you to look at it from Joseph's perspective. I'm sorry, Mary, what happened? Who? Are you sure about that? Took a little bit of faith. Now here's the crazy thing. This is his response. Joseph, her fiance, was a good man. That right there speaks volumes. Because Scripture says, even when Jesus is talking later, says, why are you calling me good? Only God is good. But they labeled Joseph as a good man. How many good men do we have in our church? Amen? He was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Some translations will say divorce quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to make Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you, Joseph, are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. I want you to think about this for a moment. We're in a day and era where Joseph could lose his very livelihood. There would be rumors going about. How many of you know you hear rumors and it changes your opinion on things until you get facts? You have to constantly look and look and look and we're bombarded with people's opinions and things. Don't believe me? Go to social media. Just pull it up. Oh, well, they must be doing really well because their Christmas tree is perfect. Yeah? You didn't hear them threatening divorce to each other as the husband tried to drag it up the stairs and the wife is screaming, I can't believe you're doing this again. Oh, did you see their holiday party? It was amazing. Yep. But uh, you didn't realize that they maxed everything out on their credit cards because they couldn't afford Christmas for their family. And they're going beyond their means. Oh, oh! you see their lights? Their lights were not professionally done. They must be having trouble. But you don't know the amount of joy they have in their home and how much fun they had putting up their lights. Everybody has their different gifts. The pressures of having and raising a, the Son of God, can you imagine? I'm here to tell you, I got two boys. Neither of them are the Son of God. I love them. Neither of them. They're not perfect. They do stuff that makes me question if they're even Christians. And then they act like me, and I go, oh man. I want you to think about this. Joseph is a character that we don't hear about after Jesus is 12 years old. Here's the best part. When Jesus was 12, they were coming home from Passover, a big thing, and this is how great Mary and Joseph were as parents. 
they're halfway home and they're like, do you have Jesus? No, do you have Jesus? First witnessing experience. I thought he was with you. I thought he was with you. Maybe he's with friends up ahead. He does that sometimes, you know. Do you have Jesus? No. Where is he? All right, let's check the line. They're going through everybody. Do you have, have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Jesus? Do you know who Jesus is? Again, witnessing happening everywhere. They get all the way back to Jerusalem. They're searching all of Jerusalem. And their last place is the temple. Pastor Pete, how do you know it was the last place? Because that's where they found him. They're not going to keep looking if he's not there. Some people, the last place I, was, I ever looked. I hope so. If you keep looking after you found it, you have bigger issues. <laughs> Jesus is there and he's teaching. He's preaching almost as good as me, but he's preaching to the people. I too am extraordinarily humble. As he's preaching, first time Jesus' name is ever taken in vain, probably by Mary. Jesus! And what does Jesus say? Because you know the dads, us dads, you don't talk back to mom, right? We're quick on that. There's buttons to push, and talking back to mom is not one of them. Because I will tell you, eventually mine will move out. And I chose her. I'm stuck with them. Some of you have children who've grown and left to understand what I'm talking about. The others are like, you mean? No. I do love my boys very much. But as they're walking, he's getting berated. What are you doing? Why are you even in there? We thought you were with us. And Jesus says, one of the most profound things. Didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? Joseph the carpenter is not mentioned after that moment. I kind of like to think it's because he backslapped Jesus. Boy, psh, that's not shelves. You putting together a table? I'm kidding. I don't think he hit Jesus. Can you imagine growing up in that house? We hear about James, his brother. Can you imagine Mary, Joseph? Why can't you be more like Jesus? Why can't you be more like Jesus? I don't know. But you see, the problem is, is we need that Jesus. We need that one who's going to teach us. We need that one who's going to push us. We need that one. And the best thing in that story is Mary and Joseph went, we don't have him. We have to go find him. The three kings that stood about here were on a journey to find Jesus. The shepherds were instructed by the angel to go and find the Messiah. They had to go. They had to make it happen. You see, Joseph was faithful even though it was not his child. Joseph was strong. He dealt with it. He pushed through. I want you to think about this. His faithfulness was so strong. Let, you know what? I'm going to go to my next point because some of y'all aren't getting it. He was faithful 
He was obedient. And he had no doubt. Some of you are like, Pastor Pete, that sounds like all the same thing. You're right. They're all qualities of Joseph. Because here's what Joseph does. Because Joseph wasn't the first one who could have ruined Christmas. He was going to quietly walk away. That was the plan. Some of you have quietly walked away from your extended family that doesn't know Jesus. Some of you have quietly stopped being a Christian at work. Some of you have quietly stopped attending our church. Oh, you come and sit down, and then you get up and get to your car and go home. But you don't get involved, you don't give, and you think that by warming a seat, you're doing the Lord's work. Now hear my heart, Scripture's very clear, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves. So coming to church is an important thing that we do. As a matter of fact, Scripture tells us that it's to spur each other on. This is our extra pep to get us to go through the week and live our lives out as Christians. Some of you might remember how back in the day, church used to be the supplement. It was the extra, the icing, for you living your life in Christ every day. But I'm here to tell you it's become the sustenance. Church has become the only thing some of you do in relationship to God. And you might be like, Pastor Pete, how do we, how do we go beyond that? We have a great class here called Next Steps. If you haven't taken it, take it. Go through the process of what are your next steps with God. Learn who you are, a little bit about our church, and how you can be a part of what we're doing here. If we're just a body of audience, then this Christmas thing is for nothing. It's not about presence. It's not about tinsel. It's not about who can sing joy to the world the loudest. Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. It is the start of the redemption of mankind for all of us. Because honestly, I, I'm not, I know I said Easter's a couple of days, but without Jesus' resurrection, Christmas is just the birth of Jesus, okay? We need the resurrection to complete what Jesus had done. That's what we get to be a part of. But I'm here to tell you, Joseph was going to leave. Some of us have quietly left. But here's the best part. You ready? Joseph listened to the angel of the Lord. He listened to the voice of God. And I'm closing right now. If I could have uh, the guys come up. See, King Herod knew about the Messiah. He had talked with the, the three magi or the kings that came by. Listen. He sent them to let them know where they were at so that Herod could have them killed. In Matthew chapter 2, it says this, After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Can I tell you how encouraging that statement is to me? He's going to search for the child to kill him. 
Not saying he's going to search for the child and kill him. Herod didn't have a chance. He's going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with with the child and Mary, his mother. They stayed there until Herod's name, uh, Herod's death, excuse me. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Joseph was forced to trust with no evidence. He carried on even when his life was in danger. And his faithfulness to God, you ready for this? Is rewarded with him getting to name the name above all names. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, we call him Jesus. Jesus. When we pray, we often say, in Jesus' name. You see, before Jesus, we didn't have the right to go to God and pray and have conversation and demand and ask and plead. But Joseph, he got to name him. Because you might say, oh, well, Joseph is just there. He didn't just name him, he also protected them. I want you to imagine traveling with an infant on a donkey. And Google Maps ain't working. And you're not even getting messages telling you, hey, I heard this is the situation. He's getting dreams from God. Some of you have forgotten the things God told you to do. Pastor Pete, why is that so big to you? Hmm. Because in 2002 Easter, God turned my life around in this church. And then he sent me out. And I didn't understand. Because even when I was out, I had dreams of being back here. I didn't know how it was going to work. That wasn't my job. My job was to be faithful to God. Some of you have lost hope because your dreams have not come to fruition. Your dreams have not become tangible. Your dreams have not become real. Some of you are going, I can't take it anymore. I'm putting the tree up for the 900th time and I don't like it. I'm coming to church for the 900th time and my dream still hasn't come to be. Can I tell you when they, the, when scripture called and said, ah, oh, called him out of Egypt. It was hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. They never got to see the fulfillment of the prophecy. Had an incredible moment uh, a couple months ago. Got to go camping way out in the middle of nowhere with no light pollution. And got to see these stars and all these. It was amazing. And one of the guys said, can you imagine if this is what Abraham saw the night God said? I'm going to make your descendants as numerous as the stars. 
I want to share something with you. Abraham never saw it. He just saw it in his faith. He didn't get to physically meet the generations, the two million people that are freed from slavery, leaving Egypt, walking across the wilderness to set up a kingdom in a land that God showed him that he left all his family for. There's vision and dreams that God has put in your life some of you have pushed them aside and forgotten about them. Christmas, Christmas is about remembering what happened over 2,000 years ago. I'm here to tell you the dreams God gives you are to remind you of what he's called you to. Joseph was a humble carpenter who got a hold this little baby that wasn't his and they're standing there and he had a job to do see in the Jewish faith they wait eight days before they name the child so for eight days he's walking around hearing Jesus in his head he knew he knew exactly who that baby was And at that moment, they said, what should we name him? And I like to think Joseph took a deep breath. This is the one who's going to save us all. This is the one who I have to protect and guard above all else. This is someone that I'm going to have to bend the knee to. This is someone I'm going to have to look to. I hope I get to see his ministry work. His name is Jesus. I hope I get to see it. I've looked up many places and they suspect that Joseph died years before Jesus started his ministry. I like to think that when he got there, God called him forward and said, Joseph, don't don't go off to the side in heaven. I want you to watch your dream unfold. Hey, here's Abraham. He's your great, 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 great granddaddy. He's watching it too. And I like to think that Jesus is up there waiting. Can I go now, Dad? Can I go get them now? We don't have a lot of time on this earth. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, my first and most important thing I'm going to do is if you have not met Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you need to do that today. We're not promised tomorrow. Scripture tells us that life is but a vapor. And there's that wonderful phrase people have used. If you look at a tombstone, you see the date they were born, the day they died, but ever our entire lives are summed up in a dash between them. This isn't to scare you. This is to make you take advantage of the opportunity of receiving Jesus. Now, I'm going to pray, 
And then I want you to just pray at your seat. You don't have to pray, repeat after me or any of that stuff. There's nothing magical about my words. It's about your heart's decision today. And some of you might be like, my heart's a little hardened. It's kind of like yours towards Christmas, Pastor Pete. It's a little hard right now. That's fine. Sometimes we have to say it in faith. Faith is a subject of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. That means it's the tangible stuff we can hold on to that doesn't exist, but it's something we can hang on to. That's what faith is. You don't understand, Pastor Pete, I've been hurt. Yep, but God says if we have our faith in Him, He'll carry us. He'll take care of us. You don't understand, Pastor Pete, I'm sick right now. Scripture used to say, by His stripes we will be healed, but then after Jesus died, it says, by His stripes we were. It's already done. Pastor Pete, you don't understand, I'm hurting financially. (laughs) He meets all of our needs according to His riches. Thank God it's not my bank account. His riches and His glory. Pastor Pete, you don't understand, I feel alone. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Let me tell you something. His name that we get to seek after today happened because of Joseph's faithfulness today. Herod tried to kill him. Joseph was going to abandon him. And Mary was going to be all alone. But because of of Joseph and Mary's faithfulness, Herod was not able to do what he wanted. And the story of Jesus is completely unfolded and available for you today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to get to know you. Father, we're sinners. We've messed up. But I'm going to ask God for you to forgive me. I'm going to ask for you to forgive us, Lord, as we humbly come before you today. God, Be Lord of our life. Be Lord of our lives, Lord. We thank you for all that you are and all that you do today. In Jesus' precious, most wonderful name. Amen. If y'all could just give us a couple of moments, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come forward at this time. If there is a need, if you received Jesus for the first time, if you rededicated your life, I want to encourage you to come forward. Let us know. If you did that, could you fill out one of our connect cards and drop it by the table in the back? Pastor Keith and his lovely wife are going to be there to greet you this evening or this afternoon. I'm here to tell you, our Jesus is real. And I would love to say, hey, guess what? You're dismissed, but that's not it. See, when we say amen, it's not a, okay, hurry up, I got to get to the restaurant. Or, oh, I got to hurry up and get there before this guy backs out and almost hits my car like he was parked way too close across the line in the parking lot, and that's an issue, but we're going to pray and get over that. No, when we say amen and you're dismissed, that's the same as a general yelling charge. As you're walking out today, you'll see a wonderful plaque that is in 
engraved in metal. It says you are now entering the mission field. That is your job. That is your assignment. Don't know what to do? Do that. Go out to the mission field. If you have a need in your life and would just like prayer, come forward. We would love to pray with you today. But at this moment, I'm going to invite you to stand as we close in worship today. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Our vision is that you would experience Victory Church as a place to call home. We do this by encountering God through worship, embracing community through relationship, and expanding the kingdom of God through service. Find out more about Victory at victorywinchester.com.